Good morning. Thanks so much, guys, for sharing uh, your insights on love. As we continue in this series, we're going to be hearing more and more um, for that fabulous bunch of people. So uh, check in again with us and listen to more. How good is it when we feel loved? It is like a warm Milo on a cold night. In that place, we feel content, empowered, safe, joyful. What a couple of years it's been in this last week. My uh, two year 12s have finished school and I have been so impressed over this last couple of years by their year group and um, them and their bunch of friends, the way they've banded together and uh, been really creative in the way they've encouraged people and cared for each other. But just this great sense of camaraderie between them, it's been very impressive. We often see this, don't we, Uh, when there are times of crisis around us. I remember my first time that I um, encountered any sort of crisis, uh, I suppose. It was back in 1987, and my little corner of England where I lived had a hurricane. Uh, This is one of the images of what... um, Back to the one before, actually. That was me, sorry. Um, Here we go. I'm trying to show you a picture. There we are. This is not far from where I lived, and it just shows you a little bit. Um, Our trees in England are not very used to strong winds, sadly more and more as years go by, but not they weren't in 1987. And so many of them um, fell down. And I lived in a place called Seven Oaks, and Seven Oaks hit the news around the world because it went from being Seven Oaks to being One Oak. Um, here is a picture of the place where the oaks actually were. The majority of people that actually lived in Seven Oaks had absolutely no idea that we even had Seven Oaks that still grew, let alone where they were. They were around the Vine Cricket Ground, which I'm told by my husband to tell you is the oldest cricket ground in the world, probably uh, from 1734. It is a very beautiful spot. So six of the oaks um, fell down that were only actually planted in the 1900s, even though the town's been around since about the 1200s. But we made world wide news. Anyway, on that morning, I woke up early because I was at the time working in London. And so I would go and catch a train up to London. I got up early and obviously I couldn't even get to the end of the street, let alone to the train station, let alone on a train. So my dad and I, we got out some saws. We didn't know that you don't go out when there's been strong winds. And we got saws and we were out there cutting um, away at some of the trees that were blocking our streets. And many other people joined us. And I think it was the first time I experienced that incredible sense of camaraderie, that incredible sense of people coming together. because we hadn't had things like that happen near where I lived before. And I think we've seen this incredible sense of camaraderie um, in this couple of years that we've had, where we've had um, such a crisis around us. I've loved seeing the incredible care and love that's been out there. Uh, We heard a little bit of that from Neil and Helen just then. But if you uh, listen out at all to what's going on in the world, you hear amazing stories of how people are being so creative in the way that they're loving people. There's so much um, food being delivered and meals being delivered and uh, people thinking of creative ways to celebrate birthdays and random surprise gifts, all sorts of things. It's been so good to hear. But sadly, at the same time, we hear um, stories that are where there is so little love. Uh, The tragic... um, things we hear about domestic and family violence um, having been on the rise. The sad stories of neighbours and and families where there's been real tension and grief because we're not used to being on top of each other quite in the same way uh, that we have been in this last couple of years. 
and also the disunity that we've heard of in um, families and friendships and workplaces and in churches too, where people hold different views about restrictions or different views about vaccinations. In the wider church, as we know, we are called to be a place where the love that there is between us is a beautiful display, a reflection of God's incredible lavishing love upon us. And sadly, there are some new cracks, I think, that, are de- that have developed. And so from this place of incredible wonder and thankfulness and also incredible sadness, we start this new topic, the greatest love. And my heart's prayer for us this morning as we um, start this is a very ancient prayer that comes from the Bible, from um, Ephesians. And I'm going to read this to you now. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. And I add to that, A prayer that as we discover and rediscover that love of God, that we will be the people we're made to be, where we reflect God's love into the world around us. I'm going to tell you my recent story. It's quite long. And I invite you to listen in. And I pray that God will nudge you and speak to you as he's been speaking to me over these last few weeks. If you met me maybe for a walk about three weeks ago and you said to me, how are you going with loving other people, Ali? I would have said to you, well, I don't know what words would have come out of my mouth. However humble the words that came out of my mouth were, I would have been thinking inside, I think I'm doing all right. I think I'm doing pretty well at loving people. I'm working hard at it. I'm really enjoying it. Um, I love the opportunity to do this. So, yep. I I think I'm doing all right. I am limited by time. I'm limited by energy. I'm certainly limited by my terrible memory at the moment. But yeah, I think I'm doing pretty well with loving people. And there is truth in that too. But then my love was questioned um, just a couple of weeks ago um, in a couple of conversations with some people that were really hurting at the time. And hearing that really hurt, but it sent me, and I'm thankful for this, it sent me to a place of soul-searching where I actually asked the question, am I loving people well? It started off with uh, quite a lot of self-justifying conversations uh, happening in my head. And then into my head popped the idea that I needed to read a passage from the Bible, from 1 Corinthians 13. And it's this incredible passage where it describes what love is. And it comes in a a bigger passage. And in the bigger passage, um, the writer is explaining that when you get a bunch of followers of Jesus, they are so different. They have different callings. They have different giftings. We know how different uh, people who follow Jesus can be. 
but actually they're one body. They're united together, and every single one of them is so valuable, so precious, so important. And even though there are all these differences, the thing that is the most important thing, and the greatest of these, is love. And there is this lovely description of love in the middle of it. So I'm going to read it to you all the way through before I tell you my experience of reading it because I chose to take out the word love and put in my own name and see how that felt. I don't like doing things like that, actually, but, um, but I felt that I needed to do that, uh, being open to God to show me how I was really going at loving. But this is the passage. Let me read this to you. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud, or rude. It does not mention its own way. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. By the mention of the word proud, which is one of the sins that lurks close in my life and I have to be aware of, by the mention of that, my thoughts of myself started to crumble a little. And I read on through the rest of the passage and about it not being irritable, not demanding its own way. And by the time I got to keep no record of being wronged, I stopped reading. I gave up. I was in that moment in a place where I could let God remind me, remind me of the times that I had spoken so harshly about people that I didn't agree with, of my silent judgment when I was reading through um, social media posts. I knew that there were plenty of times that I was not loving. My very first reaction was, I need to work harder. I've got to be somebody of love. How can I fix this? What can I do better? But I am so thankful to God that before this thought had even finished um, coming together in my mind, I was reminded of that beautiful truth that we heard of in the Vox Pop, that it's really hard to love when we're not receiving enough love, when we're not feeling enough love. Can Can I just have that water? Excuse me, thank you. Sorry, excuse me, thank you. It's really hard to love in those times. And so I decided to step into a place, to step into a place where I am loved higher and longer and deeper and wider than any other place in the world. I chose to stop in that moment and to choose to step into a place where I was with God. Now for me, that looks like shutting my eyes and stepping into the embrace of my heavenly father and being held by him. And in that place, I feel like I am home. It feels like warm Milo on a cold night. It feels like I can climb mountains, that I can bounce joyfully, that all is well in the world, that I am safe. It is the best place to be. And it's only in that place and from that place that I can truly love other people, especially at the times when it's hard. 
So since then, I've gone back to some of my favorite old books, and I've been reading another book. I've listened to a variety of talks, and I've had some good conversations, both with people who share similar convictions with me and people who have different convictions from me. And again and again, and I will have to continue to do this, I'm coming back into that place of love where I am receiving love so I can give love. And I've learned in this little recent journey, and I'm sure many of you already know this, I think sometimes I can be quite a slow learner. But what I've learned is that those who hold different strong convictions from me have actually got so much in common with me and my strong convictions. That wasn't very clear. There's so much that we have in common, and it's not just that we love Jesus. We both feel our convictions very strongly. We both think we're right. In our convictions, we are really deeply concerned about the long-term health and well-being of those that we love, for those in our community. We both believe that our convictions come from a place of love. We think, too, that those who have different convictions from us are deceived in some way. We're not going to be persuaded by other people's comments or videos um, or social media posts to us. And many of us, and it is absolutely not all of us, but many of us have stood in a place of judgment. I met with... Um, a woman, and I've chatted to her since, who shares quite different convictions from me um, just at the beginning of this week. And as I drove to meeting with her, I, um, I imagined myself and I imagined her in the arms of God, and I was just so overcome with how much God loves her, how he adores her. Um, and so I arrived, and together we were both really sad We were really sad about the times when love isn't shown to each other, and especially when it's amongst people who are followers of Jesus, but also amongst the wider world. We both admitted to each other that there have been times when we've judged. We both sensed a great desire for people to encounter God and to know his love for them. She shared this beautiful image um, that she has, sort of for her, like the embrace of the father for me, where she imagines this beautiful deep river, and she steps into that deep river, and she immerses herself in it. And in that place, uh, she's immersing herself in the love of God. It was a beautiful image. And through our conversations, I saw how very much we had in common We didn't change each other's convictions. We shared a little bit, very gently, um, some of our convictions. We loved each other. She faces quite a bit of judgments at times, and yet she is choosing to courageously love in this world. I came away um, from meeting her, and I was so um, thrilled to have done that. It was such a good time together. And I became more and more sure about what I wanted to share this morning. And then I started to feel a little bit uneasy about it. And I realized that it was because I sit in a very safe, comfortable place. And I'm not somebody who is on the front line um, of this COVID crisis. 
And so I asked somebody um, whether I could meet with them, another very precious woman in our community who's a nurse on a COVID ward. And so I also met with her this week as well. It wasn't until um, the end of our conversation together that I realized by meeting with her, really I was seeking her permission um, to actually share this message with you this morning, and she gave it, so I was pleased about that. She sees firsthand the suffering of those with COVID. She hears stories that are so sad, that have um, a fallout that reaches far beyond those that are sick and those that are dying too. She's concerned for the long-term trauma, not just um, for those that lose loved ones, but for those who have been sick, for those who um, unintentionally pass it on and that person becomes sick. She grieves for the patients that might have been on her ward normally, but are having to receive their care at home. She grieves for the pressure on her fellow nurses and doctors and other healthcare professionals too. She spoke honestly about how sometimes it can be really hard to love. And yet she does. She chooses to do that. She knows that there are times when resentment is easy. But she chooses love. Shift after sweaty, exhausting shift. She chooses as well to love courageously. And I share these stories of these two women, not because I'm trying to persuade you of anything at all, I'm not, but because I want to tell you about their courageous love that they have for those around them. Jesus is asked, what is the greatest commandment? What is the thing above all that I need to be and do in this world? And this is what he says. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. We are to love. I really like how God's desires and commandments for us are actually such a benefit for us. What happens to our hearts when we don't love? They harden. They become bitter. And that's no good for us ourselves, as well as being no good for the world around us. How do we love when it's difficult? We love God first. And as we step into that place with God, whether for you that looks like um, sitting or stomping through the bush, whether that's worship music or quiet prayer or being creative, whatever it looks like, as we draw near and love God, he softens our hearts and restores us so that we can love in whichever situations we face. It's so simple, and yet it can be so hard. So whatever life situation you find yourself in at the moment, whether you're facing situations where love is hard or not, can I encourage you to love courageously? I do want to add, though, if you're in a situation that is unhealthy, because in the Vox Pop we heard um, someone mention that it's hard to love when there's abusive situations. Of course, there have to be boundaries 
There has to be a slow journey to healing in that. I'm not saying that boundaries um, are to be pushed away at all. Strong boundaries are really important in abusive situations. Please hear that. But our call in general is to love courageously. I have one personal, practical, small request for us. If you are strongly convicted in our current times, please stop posting on social media if there is even a hint of not love in what you post. And please don't comment on posts that you don't agree with. I am yet to read, and I have read many of them. I've yet to read one person write, oh yes, I never thought of that, or anything at all that gives me any impression that it leads to anything that isn't judgmental or critical and lacking love. This is just from me and not from um, the wider group of staff that I work with, but please stop. If you see a post that frustrates you, or you even agree with it, but it's not loving, please just scroll on by. If you need to let off steam, and it does matter to let off steam, then take it to God firstly. Maybe write it down and throw it away or shout it out. Go somewhere where you can let off that steam. See yourself in a place of love too. If you need to go further than that, please be in touch with us as a staff. We are so happy to listen to you. As long as you're not trying to persuade us, we are really happy to listen to you um, as you let off that steam. We would love to do that. So be in touch with us. As we draw to a close this morning, I'm going to read that passage from 1 Corinthians again. And when we do that in a little bit, I'll ask you to just be open to God's nudge at that time. And then can I encourage you through this week to read it, maybe every day, maybe decide three times this week. I'm going to read that and be open to God revealing to you and know that as you read it, he holds you in his arms. Next Sunday, as Matt mentioned, we're not having a live stream. We're giving the gift of time, a time where you can love as Matt unpacked for us this morning. If you've got a great idea of how you might um, want to love other people, but it's a bit hard, then you're welcome to come and talk to us and we'll see if we can help you in any way to do that. And then the three weeks that follow that, we are going to be listening to three of the greatest love stories, stories from the Bible where we will learn more and more about how God's love is abundant and lavished upon us. And I would long for all of us to be able to sit in a place over this next month and just become more and more aware of God's incredible love for us, whether we've never known that or whether we've known that for many years, so that we can be people who go out into our world and love courageously. So to close, hear God's invitation to you to step now into a moment of his love and to let him speak to you as I close by reading this verse, this passage, one more time. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful 
or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable. And it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. <laughs> 